second minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson, and with me is my guest for this week, Nay Renly. Hi, Nay. Hello. And we are here again for minute two. That's from one minute, zero seconds to one minute, 59 seconds. A quick rundown. Minute two has just the final moments of our opening shot with the, uh, the imposing house that we are now slowly going towards as the dogs are slowly going past us. And then we cut to the interior really zoomed in shot we see a breakfast tray being completed and taken upstairs by a woman we will later in the movie learn is fran a housekeeper played by uh, Edie patterson and then there's quite an interesting pathway up through the house which ends with fran uh knocking on the door one of the doors we have a couple of uh mr thromby uh who is the the owner of the house um to deliver the tray well uh what first things would you like to say about this minute nay um i guess this minute is kind of taking us through the house and right away we get that you know once the dog's tail has scooted off the side of the screen from last minute then we get the tray with the coffee cup on it yeah, that's our first visual, really, is that coffee cup, which we talked a little bit about last time, how if this were a comedy, we would, or or something that was that was like Ready or Not, which I could not recall the title of for some reason at the end, <laughs> uh, that we would have something that would really break the, that tone of sort of a somber, imposing mansion. And we do, but it's not in a Ready or Not kind of way. It's the coffee cup that says, my house, my rules, my coffee, which tells us that we are, de- this is not a a 1920s uh, comedy of manners sort of uh, mystery. Uh, we are we are in something like the modern day. Yeah. I like to think that the owner of this coffee mug bought it slightly ironically because it's so unclever. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like he's, he's, you know, whoever owns this house, probably a smart person. I don't think. Like either they've had this mug forever or somebody else's or they thought it was funny that it didn't make a lot of uh, clever sense. Yeah, it's the kind of person who enjoys a bad joke for the grownness of it. It's got uh, the, the, the font for the coffee mug is very, um, it thinks it is hilarious. And it's kind of a Seussian font with little line drawings of coffee mugs sort of higgledy-piggledy on it. And then uh, it's really contrasted with the tray, which is, uh, uh, I'm going to say croissant, because I'm an American. Uh, a croissant with, it looks like, uh, blackberries. And there's a little uh, silver, like a, a creamer doge or maybe sugar. Yeah. Um, it looks like like a, like a fancy light breakfast. Um, contrasted by the rather really doofy coffee mug and the house itself 
goes more along the lines of everything else on that tray than than the coffee at least the the exterior then we get to the interior which boy for our you know 20 seconds or so of holding on a 20 25 seconds of holding on a really static beautiful shot of this imposing mansion however nice it looks it also looks imposing and expensive the interior of this place is wild and this whole minute which basically is the 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 journey of the housekeeper with the tray all the way up to uh harlan thromby's room is uh is also wild we see all kinds of masks and uh uh looks like uh paper mache or maybe wooden figures uh, really really creepy stuff um uh bizarre and creepy things there's nary a surface is not covered with uh with tchotchkes almost in like a like a victorian uh house except that they're all kind of off-putting and bizarre and uh every every like railing or wooden tile on the wall has a face on it that's staring at you. <laughs> um, I my eyes were just darting around constantly because it's got oh there's there's a face here and there's a face here and there's a point of interest here. And the couple of shots we get that pan also show very different images. There are I want to say something like um 20 or so or so shots um but there are like 23 really distinct images you get inside of one minute because of the couple of pans and then one steady shot where you see Fran walk up the stairs. And so you see her right in front of the door and then disappearing up the top of the stairs. Yeah. It's so busy. Bunch it's of so still busy. shots uh, in time with the music. Like kind of like, like a, really I was getting like a pace. Yeah. Like a clockwork orange Kubrick, like editing maybe like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like there's one part of uh, that movie that did this, but I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, the house is possibly in the wild. apartment with the leading up to the notorious. Oh scene. yeah, because uh, that's when you get you get you get the you get the Beethoven to uh, yeah yeah to disturbment yeah. Uh, Have you heard of uh, like minimalism and feng shui? Mm-hmm. This this guy hasn't. No, yeah, this is the opposite of that. Yes, this is like the opposite. Classy of hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classy hoarders. <laughs> classy disturbing hoarders. He. This is uh, this is the closest thing I've seen to like. Uh, when I I I got my um, I got my MFA um, in Milledgeville, Georgia, which is where Flannery O'Connor is from, and her house, her family house is there, and it's maintained. They have peacocks there and everything and uh i i read a lot of southern gothic when i was there they're very proud of flannery (laughs) o'connor and this is the closest thing i've seen to like oh this is northern gothic this is i can this definitely feels like i am in um i up north in fact there's there's some sea stuff in here i kind of get a sense of uh we're in new england you know um yeah there's a uh... super pushing it like, but it's there like a sailor paper mache looking sailor guy with a beard and a corncob pipe and a hat that says hms o'hare which i looked up it and looks... i don't think that's i don't know i couldn't find any record of that 
Yeah, it, it just it just makes it sound like there's an Irishness to it, and and uh, he, he looks kind of like Pappy, uh, Popeye's father. <laughs> uh, if you've seen like, like cartoons, they have Pappy, or or the movie. Um, but like like yeah, like a bristly beard and a corn cob pipe and a sailor hat. And then there's another shot uh, that for a second I had to I had to, I went through this minute really slowly, like almost frame by frame and there's a shot with um a statue i thought looked like an old sea god um this is kind of towards the end in the in the like library and um and i had to pause it and look really carefully and it's not it's a guy at a tiller but there must be a fish behind him because there's a there's a tail behind him i thought it was his tail and it's not i thought oh it's like triton or proteus and it's not i think it might be i think it might be odysseus at and first then there's like yeah. a maybe a siren there next to him or just a fish could just be a dude in a fish could be old man in the sea i don't know uh <laughs> dude hanging out but, with his fish what? but there is a kind of grecian-y look to the way the uh the beard is done to me i think um yeah the colors are also very different in here than the exterior the exterior is all red brick and the inside is really cold. Mm. Uh, it's all greens and blues. And I think about halfway through. So I should say a little bit more about maybe about um, the, this this trip we go up. So f- after Fran, we learned later her name was Fran. You, you go on to be a name is Fran. After Fran makes the tray and she takes it up, uh, we see different shots of the house. And we see her walking on her pathway to the house. There's kind of like a, a sitting room or maybe a, a parlor that she goes by. And then we see some stairs and she goes through like a, a, a or right by a, a, a library. And that's about halfway through. And that's the first room that looks like you might want to sit in there. And also there are earth tones because there's so much wood around. And then we see Harlan's books. We see several harlan thromby books oh, and yeah. what look like like souvenirs or maybe um real life versions of of like props from maybe movies based on his books or just you know things that he would have written about i wrote down some but of it his takes books. a long time oh what what, did, what what titles jumped out at you we got vulcan's din the little oh this little piggy the needle game around the corner and down the lane Drop in the bucket, the badger, the wrong tree, nick of time, ultimatum. So the impression I got is that even though he writes a lot of mysteries, he's not like one of those guys or gals that writes the like really formulaic ones where they all like look the same or have similar titles. I think they give you the impression that they are like of a variety like the you look at the spines and his name is in different places on them it's it's like each one is uh its own you know i'm i did a podcast about judging books by their covers i'd say these all have <laughs> a little thought put into them <laughs> and, but and fun and to from, like create these too for for the movie <laughs> from oh yeah from a, a wide uh uh time period mm. like there are there are styles that look like um that look to me like sort of more pulpy that might even be back to like 50s sort of look to them uh even that would make harlan quite old if he was writing the 50s and still in his modern day and then uh some that look relatively recent or at least not 
not you know like decades and decades ago um it looks like someone who had a very long and illustrious career. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was just so much stuff in this minute that I wasn't sure what to focus on. So I decided to focus on what information we're given. So like that whole thing about the books in that parlor room, you know, you can see plates like left on the sofa and like half full glasses of champagne and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like there was a party. Whoever is there doesn't like really like they put it on this really nice looking couch, just set the plate on the couch when they left and stuff like that. So you're kind of like getting information that there were like people that not everybody's super respectful, maybe. And also that there was a party. Well, and he is relaxed, which I think goes along with his choice of things. Like everything looks some things are look super nice. Like I see there's a portrait of him in one of the rooms uh, over a, a mantle. Uh, we don't know that's him now, but yeah. I, I, spoiler alert, I've seen the movie. And <laughs> Oh, there's an interesting thing about that painting too, which I won't spoil. Oh, yeah? But at the end of the movie, it's a different, it looks the same, but it's actually a different painting. And there's, oh. a, there's a difference to it. Uh, I don't know if I so, now i got to watch more carefully. Yeah. Uh, there even the the creepiest of the tchotchkes or statues like that like the sailor man um with his chin strap beard uh looks old and like it's probably expensive Mm -hmm. uh but at the same time this is like with the coffee mug clearly a guy with a sense of humor uh a dark perhaps sense of humor um, I'm looking now. I got a couple of stills. I'm looking at yeah, that picture of the needle game looks like a pretty recent. That's a pretty recent book, and it's right next to the little piggy, which looks like it's out of like the maybe the '70s or '80s to me. Um, a Vulcan's Den looks old too. Uh, yeah, and yeah, all of the things, all of this, the weird like little like a little statue of a squirrel. Um. It all looks like it's kind of, um, I don't know, this is all assembled over a lifetime and by a guy who really likes it, but he likes to live here. He's not, he did not create a showroom to not be interacted with. Yeah. I, I can totally believe he he has friends over and drinks champagne with them and then ah, I'll leave the glass here, we'll pick it up later, it's not a big deal. Um he's not taking such good care of everything for posterity he's living right yeah it's yeah it's, it's not like a old abandoned place or anything we're getting that information and we're also as she walks getting the layout of all the rooms most of the rooms we're going to go to like the layout of the house is going to be important so we're getting a sense of that getting to see like the hallway and different things that uh that you need to know because then later on you can't just talk about the house and then be like well how many stories is it or where is that room in relation to the other room it's 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 like giving you a lot of that's what i really like about the way this movie is unfolded is everything is like giving you information that that you don't notice but your brain does to quote mr plinkett which is very much uh you know makes it feel like a cozy mystery to me also makes it feel like agatha christie to me where she she tells you all the things you're going to need to know in the beginning She's giving you all of the uh, the ingredients for this mystery, and she's kind of educating you on um, 
the different types of people and and what their um what their stories are what their motives are and yeah giving you the lay the land of the of the the crime scene um something else i noticed about the place and sort of the mood of the place and what that communicates about harlan it's full of dudes all of the statues all of i don't see statues of women all of the statues all the like little figureheads on walls um all uh, there are a lot of men in this range i think i counted like at least half a dozen really identifiable um almost a dozen really identifiable faces and all of them are men or maybe ambiguous interesting yeah uh even the animals there's like there's a there's a, a lion with like a great big mane a sort of a, a substatuary um yeah it, it there's male eyes watching you it's very paternal the male gaze and the and the house itself uh is the male gaze it's his gaze I, it, it made me think of um of the line from the great gatsby about the the eyes of was it dr eckelberg that's everyone imagines are like it's like a it's like a um it's like a billboard that kind of is watching over everything or the glass menagerie um the picture of the father that's you know sort of still there even though the father is gone um yeah male gaze name of the father he rules this place you can already see um that this is this whole place is made up of his life, his interests, his work, and he has put everything where he likes it. He's comfortable there, and he doesn't, he's not um, fuss budgety about it, it seems, but it's very much his place that he has ordered and rules over. And you mentioned uh, Fran, played by Edie Patterson. Do you know her from other things? No, you know, I went and looked her up, and she's done a ton of stuff that I have heard of or kind of know she seems like she's had a a you know and she's uh she's about 50 i want to say and she's done it was uh a ton of things that are you know a long career from uh mid 90s to now and a ton of things that i have heard of and she seems to have sort of like tertiary roles on but nothing that i was really familiar with I mostly know her from Righteous Gemstones and Vice Principles. Those are the two that the recent ones yeah. that I know about. Yeah, and uh, I had to think the first time she worked, maybe she responded to a, a casting call that said "looking for a Molly Shannon type." So I got a really <laughs> strong Molly Shannon vibe from her. Uh, yeah, I can see that. She's got crazy energy in some of those shows. She has, and this is we're not going to get into her. She's got a really good moment in the next minute, but um, yeah, I, I enjoy her in the movie. Uh, we don't get, we don't see a whole lot of her work. We just see her walking. Um, oh, there's one thing I thought was really cool about the house. There is like a semi secret door. Yeah. Uh, so so first Fran goes to Harle- uh, Mr. Thromby. She says Mr. Thromby. She goes to Mr. Thromby's bedroom. And he's not there. And that's our first pan. We see her walk in and then we we pan over to the bed and it is perfectly made undisturbed. 
but she's not phased by that. She immediately goes f- from there to the hallway outside of that room. There's a p- wall panel that's, you know, regular door size, but it's not an obvious door and there's no handle, but she kicks it in the right place. She turns her back to it and kicks it, uh, the back kicked in the right place and it pops open. And then she walks upstairs to an attic room. And then uh, we have, like I said, everything so far has been, um, there's like some mustard and a couple of earth tones, but mostly it's been cool colors. The paint's been cool colors. You have some earth tones from like, and even some reds from like books and wood, but nothing really vibrant. And then we are in the room that she's about to open the door to, where we assume Mr. Thromby is, and we are looking at the door that she is going to open from the other side. And it is red, <laughs> red, red. For the first time we get super vibrant color. It's not like a faded rug. It is like almost fresh paint red. And uh, it's just really significant. It felt like little alarm bells off. Like, oh boy, significance. <laughs> uh, uh, something's going on in this room. And uh, red room backwards is murder. <laughs> so. Red room. <laughs> um, red room. It was just really, it was a, it was a really visually striking scene. And in a uh, moment, I should say, in a set of visually striking moments, this whole minute is just so cut, 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 cut. And you also get like, she's not surprised that he's not in there. She's bringing this up. She's not struggling to open the you know she's opened this secret door so many times yeah you know she's obviously worked there a long time and this is all just part of their routine and uh so it's not like everything's routine so far yeah Yeah. you don't get any sense of somebody you know like she's like searching or feeling awkward about going in there or anything like that yeah so we're about to come upon upon the mystery here um nash asks you our our question for day two uh what are your feelings about the genre we're in that do you, do you enjoy murder mystery films or murder mystery novels? When I thought about that, I, I wasn't sure if I had seen many murder mysteries. So I looked up what are the top ones and it's like, Oh, I have seen most of these. Uh, But maybe I didn't think of them right away. Like gone girl. That was a, that was a murder mystery girl with the dragon one tattoo. Of the, one of the biggest of the past 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, seven things like that. I guess I'm mostly familiar with them in like shows where they, you know, like every like castle or whatever, which I, for some reason watched. <laughs> uh, oh uh, yeah. With, with uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I yeah. cannot recall the name of the lead actress for some reason, but yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I, uh, I I do like the ones on there that I have seen. And uh, so I guess I do watch them, but I've never sought a movie out for that reason or anything. I just, uh, you know, having a little bit of a mystery, I think you have to be careful when you do that because you have to make something that's solid enough that if you know the mystery, it's not uh, bad <laughs> afterwards. You know, like you don't, it doesn't ruin it for you. Yeah, mysteries that you can rewatch are, or, or reread, are really special, I think. Where you, if you know the answer uh, to the to the puzzle, but you you still enjoy it. Um, my my mother and my father's mother also are both like 
very big mystery fanatics and my mom in particular is a giant agatha christie fan and has read like at least three times i think every uh, agatha christie novel and story and she's a very big fan in particular of uh, poirot and marple and so i watched all of those growing up a bunch um, and recently I, I went through and and for myself because i didn't remember most of them rewatched all of the the poirot with uh, david suchet which does make a lot of these moments because there because there's so much christie here and i'm i'm very much a noob in the genre so i don't know how much of that is like oh is this like agatha christie or is that just like what mysteries are mm-hmm. and what's the difference i get the impression that agatha christie is kind of to mysteries what tolkien is to fantasy and so it's hard to separate out what is the genre versus what is that one writer who just so dominated the genre <laughs> yeah um, i i guess the thing you'd really want if you're going to get into a mystery or I, I assume is be trying to figure out who did it, who done it the whole time. And I, I think that's the part of my brain that's like missing is that I just watch it. Like it's like, well, it'll tell me eventually I'm just going to try to enjoy oh, it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't engage with it and like trying to solve it for some reason. Uh, and I don't know why that is, but I, I think that you'd want to really do that if you were going to enjoy like a lot of, a lot of them. Yeah. I think they, I, it depends on what kind of mystery. I think a lot of them do work. I mean, the the mystery murder story, especially, I mean, do work best as, um, you know, as puzzles that you're supposed to want to solve. And that's the fun is you try and solve it and you you try and get there um, before the movie reveals it or the or the book reveals it. And the best ones are. I pro- probably the best ones are the ones where you do figure it out right before they tell you. <laughs> yeah. So you get the you get the joy of of working at the puzzle for as long as possible, and you get to feel smart. <laughs> so you you oh I did figure it out, but I figured it out just barely before the the director or the or the writer told me. And you, there are definitely there are some like sort of murder mystery sort of you know like there's Columbo where you know at the beginning who did it. And then it's watching Columbo figure it out, <laughs> and and the it's watching him fill in the clues and and uh, and or find the clues and fill in the gaps. Uh, a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories. I'm a I'm a Holmes fan. I, my real genre mostly is like science fiction and and fantasy, but I do like I like Holmes a lot, and I run Holmes for my dis. And uh, most Holmes stories are like you can't figure it out. Like Doyle does very often does not give you the information you need mm-hmm. to solve the puzzle on your own. You'd have to like be as knowledgeable as Holmes uh, uh, to like figure out your own. Um, and then he just kind of has a big reveal, which sometimes for his novels will involve a whole big section of the novel. Where there's like a giant, basically like a novella in which Holmes does not appear where Holmes tells you all the backstory and it's like its own separate thing. And they usually, that's not how Holmes is adapted. He's, he's adapted with like, as a murder mystery where you figure out the, yeah, yeah. the answer. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy those, but sometimes I just kind of let it wash over me. It really depends on what mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I will say, uh, I mean, I guess spoiler again. I won't discuss too much of the movie, but I was totally engaged with, and I found myself trying to figure out 
the whole time. Even though there are some key things you know right off the bat, it still kept a surprising amount as a mystery. And I really dug it. Yeah. Knives Out, the thing I'm in a podcast for. <laughs> I really like that movie. It's a good one. <laughs> Shock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's about it for our minute here. Is there anything else you wanted to say about minute two? Uh, this really visually fascinating and, nah, and nope. mood setting minute. N- nothing else for me. Just uh, walk through the house and uh, so many faces. You should look at all the faces. <laughs> yes. Look at all the dude faces <laughs> staring at you and judging you. When you said that all the faces were dudes, it made me wonder, you know, this isn't a spoiler, but we never really find out what happened like why is, what was this guy's living situation <laughs> uh, yeah, like, i had that thought too i yeah because we're, we're gonna meet the family but yeah i did wonder yeah. and i frankly i mean you always wonder about writers they're weird people <laughs> this is not bad uh but they they, they often lead unconventional lives they're interested or they or or are interested in unconventional lives i don't know i was i i was i wouldn't have been surprised you could to find more information about his backstory that that made him you know interesting in some way or queer in some way that would have been cool yeah and i'm not saying he's definitely gay but you could see that if that was something you know back he's an older guy if you were keeping it secret maybe from people you know maybe from a wife or something that you might be your mind might already be running in these complex cover-ups and like in that kind of mystery oh uh, that. yeah you're, you're weaving narratives yeah yeah you know yeah. you gotta you've gotta have a character to play and uh alibis and you know it might just might be kind of one and the same in some ways i i will say i i myself because because I'm a lit person and because I'm queer, I I am always ready to read um, to read queerness into works <laughs> or into authors. I'm like I I wasn't thinking about it so much for this. Now I sort of like it was there in the back of my head, but now I really am. But now I'm going to be looking for stuff during the movie. What else is there? Are there signs that he, you know, that had lovers or or had sort of a secret extra life? I wonder now. Um, all right, things to think about after a minute two, um, and the and the parade of dude eyes. All right, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Nay, for joining me. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yes, today I'll plug the podcast I mentioned earlier, judging books by their covers, where my co-host and I show each other a book that we haven't read, and then we have to answer questions about the plot. Uh, not having read it based on the cover. So you can check that out. It's kind of like an improv thing. Excellent. Go check that out. I will plug our show itself. Check out the rest of Knives Out Minute and look at us. Uh, look for us on Twitter at Knives Out Minute. Nate, thank you very much for joining me and I'll see you next time. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.